0: Today, an attack on the Kremlin. President Zelensky visits The Hague and France's top court rejects a referendum on the retirement age. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday, the 4th of May, 2023. Since Wednesday morning, the news has been dominated by the alleged drone attack on the Kremlin. There's a whole load of theories and accusations going around, from a Ukrainian attack a Russian false flag, a partisan operation, and more. So let's take a look at who's saying what, what we know, and what we don't. The Kremlin has described the incident as a planned terrorist attack and assassination attempt against Vladimir Putin, carried out by the Ukrainian government. The alleged attack saw two drones aimed at the Kremlin, which were disabled thanks to the timely actions of the military and special services. The Kremlin says Russia reserves the right to take retaliatory measures where and when it sees fit. Multiple videos circulating on social media show smoke rising above the Kremlin early on Wednesday morning and a flying device exploding into flames above the dome of the Kremlin Senate building. Responding to the accusations, Ukraine's President Zelensky, who was on a visit to Finland, denied any Ukrainian government involvement, saying, We don't attack Putin or Moscow. We fight on our territory. We are defending our villages and cities." Statements from Zelensky's spokesperson and advisors say that it would not make sense for Ukraine to carry out such an attack, and that it would simply allow Russia to try and justify more mass strikes on Ukraine. If the question is, would Ukraine have been able to strike the Kremlin? The answer is probably yes. Despite typically not claiming responsibility, Ukraine is thought to have carried out drone attacks in Russia or Russian-occupied territories. According to the BBC, there have been more than 20 suspected drone attacks like this since the beginning of 2023. Even if the drone attack was carried out by Ukraine or a Ukraine-aligned group, the description of it as an assassination attempt against Putin seems overly dramatic. For starters, Putin was not in the Kremlin at the time and is known to often work and stay elsewhere. Someone looking to kill Putin would have been aware of all this. Plus, it's questionable as to whether the drone in question would have been able to effectively penetrate the walls of the Kremlin. As such, a number of commentators have suggested that if it was a Ukrainian attack, then it would most likely be a performative strike, demonstrating that not even Moscow is out of reach. Some have claimed that the incident was a false flag carried out by Russia itself. Former US Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Mick Mulroy said Russia could have fabricated the attack to use it as pretext to target President Zelensky. After all, top Putin ally Dmitry Medvedev said after the incident that there were no options left except the physical elimination of Zelensky and his clique. Others have questioned whether Russia would actually need to justify any further attacks on Ukraine, given what it has already done. In this case, a false flag attack could be more intended to achieve a rally around the flag type effect. But for now, the main question of who was behind the incident remains unanswered, and it remains to be seen what effect, if any, the incident will have on the battlefield back in Ukraine. Okay, so that's the main story today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of four other stories. President Zelensky is today going to The Hague to visit the International Criminal Court, which is in the Netherlands. For their part, the Netherlands has been a strong supporter of Ukraine ever since they were invaded last year. A couple of months ago, the ICC actually issued an arrest warrant on Vladimir Putin, meaning that if he steps foot in the territory of any country that's signatory of the Treaty of Rome, then they should arrest him. The ICC put the arrest warrant out because they claim that he's responsible for the war crime of unlawful deportation of children and unlawful transfer of children from occupied areas of Ukraine to the Russian Federation. As we discussed in the spotlight today, Zelensky's visit comes merely a day after the Russian government claimed that it shot down a Ukrainian drone that had intended to try and assassinate Putin. There's more on the way but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Police in Brazil have, today, raided the home of Jair Bolsonaro as part of an investigation into falsified Covid-19 vaccination documents. Some believe that his Covid vaccine records were falsified so that the former president could go to the United States. The police claim that false vaccination certificates resulted in the alteration of the true Covid-19 vaccination status of the individuals in question. As a result, the individuals in question were able to emit vaccination certificates and use them to evade health restrictions put in place by authorities in Brazil and the United States. Some have suggested that this police probe may answer questions about how Bolsonaro, who himself promised not to get a Covid-19 vaccine, was registered as vaccinated in February. For his part, Bolsonaro has claimed that he never got a COVID vaccine and that he was surprised by the search. He claimed nothing was falsified. France's constitutional court has rejected a last-ditch attempt by left-wing lawmakers to hold a referendum on capping the minimum retirement age at 62. It's the second time that France's top constitutional authority has rejected attempts by lawmakers, hoping to undo the headline measures in President Macron's controversial pension reform, which, among other things, raises the minimum retirement age to 64. The council said the proposal for a referendum did not satisfy conditions set out in the French constitution. If the proposal had been greenlit by the constitutional council, it would have launched a complex process that would not even guarantee a referendum. The shared initiative referendum, known as RIP, was introduced in 2008, but has never actually led to a referendum. In this case, supporters of capping the retirement age at 62 would have had nine months to collect signatures from at least 4.8 million people. That's 10% of registered voters. After that point, the government would choose between sending the proposed bill to parliament for a debate and vote, or putting it up for a public referendum. Opposition parties and unions are calling for another major day of demonstrations on June the sixth, just days before a small centrist regional parliamentary group presents a draft bill to scrap the retirement age reform. The UN's World Food Programme has suspended its distribution of food in Ethiopia's Tigray region, saying that the aid was being diverted and sold. Millions of people in the region are in desperate need of aid as a result of years of civil war. The WFP says it will not resume distribution until it can ensure the aid reaches its intended recipients. The United States Aid Agency, or USAID, has also suspended its food assistance program in the region until further notice, for the same reason and is investigating the theft of humanitarian supplies. The head of Tigray's interim regional government said he had established a task force to investigate the reports, but urged aid agencies to reconsider their suspension, as it would hurt our people who are facing grave challenges. In a final uplifting story today, we discuss a new Alzheimer's drug. It's been reported that the world is on the cusp of a first generation of treatments. Drug maker Eli Lilly has shown that their drug donanemab reduces the rate of cognitive decline by between 27 and 35 percent. There are, however, drawbacks with the drug. Of the 1,700 participants, two in the trial died, with a possible unconfirmed third death also. This occurred as a result of brain swelling. We'll have to see how further such trials actually go. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but the briefing isn't over. That's because we explain serious accusations levelled against President Biden in the extended ad-free edition of the daily briefing only on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube.